Welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast, your guide to help you manage life, money, and multiples. Each episode, host Paul Fenner, Tama Capital's president and founder, and the proud parent of four amazing children, including one set of triplets, will provide insights on successfully sustaining an active lifestyle, career, and family through comprehensive wealth management strategies, financial education, and lifestyle planning specific to parents raising twins, triplets, and more. Learn more, subscribe to the show, or connect with Paul at TamaCapital.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Tama may retain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. We all know that self-care is critically important to our overall health and well-being, but how do you find the time for it? And where do you even begin? Shana Schneider helps people find time in their busy schedules for fitness where they never realized they could. Her emphasis on fitness is unique in that she helps people focus on their schedules, building habits, and changing mindsets versus simply exercising alone. Shana, founder of the Fit Style Your Life approach that brings fitness into everyday life, has developed easy tips and tricks that works for beginners and workout experts. Throughout our conversation, Shana describes the five elements of fit style that focused on starting right where you are. Shana is also someone to model for those of you interested in making a career transition from the corporate world to a career that can be sustainable on its own. Shana's journey is not the follow your passion kind. Instead, her story is about a woman who saw an opportunity to do something which aligned to her personally that she was good at and there was a market for. Please enjoy my conversation with Shana Schneider. So Shana, welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. Um, We were just talking offline and it's always a great way for me to start my day having these conversations once I get my my triplets plus one off off to the school bus. So um, having you on and talking about fitness and healthy and um, all the things that go along with that. I'm, I know this is going to be a really uh, great and exciting conversation. So thank you for being on the show. Uh, yes, I'm ex- I'm glad to be here. And, you know, I, I would say congratulations to you for getting all those kids off to off to school. And, you know, I like to start most things that I do with what I call a fit style check-in. So even with our listeners, I'm going to have you do this with me too. What I want you to do is think about the top of your head, reaching for the ceiling, the sky. I want you to just roll your shoulders forward, up and back, and then take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And then we can move right into this, what is going to be an awesome podcast and hopefully give people lots of good tips for bringing fitness into their everyday life. Well, awesome. So I think, so that kind of gives the audience what we're going to talk about today, fitness. So what, I, what I'd like to do is start with your story. Talk about your background, what you do, and how you got into the fitness space. Sure. So um, I actually spent a number of years in um, the private and, and public sector. So working in administration, working in offices, I was always interested in fitness and how I actually felt when I could get to, you know, group fitness classes and when I could actually, you know, get in the exercise, I noticed a big change in, you know, my mood, obviously in, you know, weight management and things like this. So I was always kind of doing either some kind of research on my own, uh, getting involved in classes, ultimately starting to actually teach classes, but still having a full-time job working in an office space. So um, what, what I was starting to discover was, you know, how much time I was spending in an office, right? <laughs> and, and what was the, the biggest challenge for me was time, right? It, it was that I definitely saw that there were, you know, classes I wanted to go to. I had all the right intentions and things like that. But, you know, what happens? Life right? Suddenly you're like, oh, I got called into this meeting. And so I was going to try to leave at that time. Or, you know, in your case with kids, it's like stuff comes up and they have a question and then you're like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself, you're pushing your health to that back burner. And 
it just all starts to stack up. And so there was kind of a a light bulb that went off for me. And I will say it was this moment where I was I was in my office and I was working on, you know, a, a project and I had been at the computer and suddenly all the lights went off in the office. And I was Literally like, the lights went out. The lights went out. And I was like, oh my God, did I just lose all this work? And then I discovered that I remembered that my lights run a motion sensor and I had been so still that everything just shut down. And this was a moment for me that said, you know, this is what is happening in our bodies when we are that sedentary, right? So we have all of these internal systems that we're not really, you know, always conscious of um, that are shutting down, right? So this is where we start to see, you know, the, the, insulin coming out of, of whack. There are things that, you know, sugars that don't get broken down because we just aren't using our muscles. And that's where you start to hear about those increased risk in developing diseases, you know, across the board. And so for me, looking at this research and, and recognizing that, okay, this is the space that I have. This is my life. How do I bring these things together? And I think this is what is um, hopefully going to be inspirational to folks is that our focus needs to be on movement. So this is really an overall umbrella. So oftentimes, right, we, we hear about exercise. It's like the big E. I'm like, I got to get 150 minutes of exercise. It's got to be, you know, uh, uh, it, you know, in these chunks. And, and we have a certain uh, idea of what exercise is, right? It's, right you know, you're changing your clothes, you're in a particular space, it's dedicated time. And that's where we can change our mindset. If we can think more about movement overall in our day, and, and what does that look like? We, can, we release ourselves from having to schedule it at particular times um, when our schedules sometimes just, you know, aren't predictable. So one of the things I want to uh, touch on with what you just said, and ironically, I was just having this conversation with my wife, Teresa, this morning, and it's been a really a focal point of this first year of having the podcast with people in transition with life. And one of the questions that, that I've been getting with having so many conversations with people is like, what, what's that silver bullet when somebody finally decides to make a change or make a, a decision? And my honest answer is, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but everybody has, as I explained to Teresa this morning, everybody has a tipping point. And the thing is, I don't think I'll ever be able to figure that tipping point out, whether it's helping somebody you know, actually implement their savings plan or spending plan or to make a financial decision or to make a career decision. Um, you know, that's been a, a hot topic lately about people wanting to change careers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the pandemic has really, you know, woken or stirred something up in people. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if there's a, there's definitely not a right or wrong trigger point, if you will, but there always is one, but you never know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And two, you never know when it's going to happen. It could be tomorrow. It could be a yeah. month. It could be six months. It could be a year. But sooner or later, something will trigger, like your light's going off that says, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to do this. Exactly. And then I, I think it is being proactive in being open to that. And with the fifth style, your life approach that I use, it meets people where they are. So, you know, I have a framework, kind of the fifth style fundamentals to really think about how do you bring movement into your everyday life? Because it's kind of like you hear it and you're like, okay, but you know, what does that mean exactly? And, um, you know, I'll use, an, I'll use an example of what I was started doing in when I was working in, in the office, and we can absolutely use this um, at computers and different things as well. But I, when, when anyone would walk into my office, I would just stand up, just, you know, stand up right there and, you know, talk to them. And that's something that, 
you know, is super simple, doesn't take any additional time. And it allows your body to kind of turn back on. You're using uh, the muscles to stand to stand up, and it does, you know, make a difference. And it was it was funny because um, at, at the time, my my boss started noticing this, and and he was like, you know, you don't have to stand up when I come in. And I said, oh, don't worry, I'm doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> How did he take that? <laughs> he was like, oh, and then wanted to know a little bit more, and then it sort of spread throughout the office. So we all sort of started doing it. So when someone walked into to your desk, we all kind of like stood up and and spoke to one another. And it was nice because, you know, when you think about that, right, when, you know, when we had more of these interactions and and things, you were, you had this strange angle of like, you were seated and you were looking up at someone else and, and you also had no control of helping to usher them out Mm. of your office. Good point. And as well. So it had a lot of perks, that whole standing up. (laughs) So one of the things I think this is where I'll go next because we're we're talking about standing. Like before we hit the record button, you had asked me, I'm like, it looks like you're standing, like you have a standing desk. And I think going back, it's like you lose track of like when the whole darn oh, 100% pandemic started. Timing, I am with you. <laughs> but so back in March of 2020, I was in the process of redesigning my my office. And both my my primary physician and my chiropractor were like, you need to stand. Like, even though you exercise on elliptical three, four, five days a week, it's like you could do that, but then you go and sit. Like what I do, I could sit for 10, 12 hours a day. Exactly. And that was one of my biggest concerns was not being able to go see my chiropractor during COVID. Mm. And fortunately, I had my order my desk. And um, before everything like really shut down, so I got everything and set it up and I went from stand or sitting, you know, 10 plus hours a day to, you know, half of that to now I stand the whole day. So talk to us about really what the, I could tell you what I feel like the benefits are, but can you walk us through like the benefits of standing versus sitting? Yeah. Well, so let's just look at the kind of mechanics of being seated, right? When we are uh, in the chair, we're not using really any of our our muscles, particularly the legs, which are the largest muscle groups uh, of our body, right? So obviously standing up, we already start to do that. So your your body does not have the uh, signals to say, you know, use me, burn calories, stay turned on, you also start to have an issue with um, circulation, right? So when we think about how we're seated, so often, you know, maybe those legs are crossed, we start to hunch over, right? All of these different things uh, put an additional um, challenge on our bodies. Like, you know, if you notice by the time you get to the afternoon, especially if you're sitting down, right, you start to get sleepy, And some of that has to do with, again, our body mechanics. If we think about also being seated, oftentimes our upper body is kind of hunched over, right? And and if you notice this, what happens is that you're also compacting your lungs. So you can't even take a full deep breath, which means that oxygen that needs to be in our bodies to kind of help bring all those toxins out, but also bring the energy in. We can't even do that because of kind of the way our we're we're seated and and that kind of um, posture, which is a little bit separate because you can kind of do that, have that posture challenge standing up uh, as well. But the point is, we have to use it or lose it, right? That's the whole thing. Now, what I will say is that you know any things still need to be in moderation. So what, you know, when we're talking about can, you know, going from being seated to, you know, standing all all day, there there is a uh, progression, you know, to go just like you kind of talked about, right? You you started standing up a little bit more and then you got to the point where you felt strong enough and and feeling good about it um in in your standing um options. And so that's something to notice, but it's still about movement, right? Because if you were just standing perfectly still (laughs) all day, that's still not going to be great for your body. (laughs) Right. 
And that's one thing like I noticed too, is like, even though I stand, I do try to to move around. Exactly. A little bit. And you're just, you're just more likely to do it when you are, you know, standing up. Although there are definitely things that you can do while you're seated. So, you know, um, coming back to some of those, what I call the, you know, fit style fundamentals. So I use an acronym called style that kind of gives you these sort of five ways to think about bringing um, movement and fitness into your everyday life. And um, the S is starting where you are. So not everybody, you know, also has a standing desk. Um, So you want to start with thinking about your good posture, you know, and that's something that I work with, you know, clients to do. And especially we just did that little fit style check-in at the beginning kind of helps you reset, regroup in that way. Um, Just jumping all the way to the why, which is thinking about how your space can be your gym. And so when you're thinking about, you know, looking at the space that you have, you can look at it in a, in a different way. And so, um, you know, maybe you don't actually have the space for a standing desk, but you probably have a kitchen counter. You may have a bureau that you could use, especially if you're working from home. You know, thinking about the spaces that you have in a different way will also kind of open up these opportunities for bringing in movement. How did you come up with this this five elements of style in the, in the acronym? <laughs> Uh, you know, it was as I was implementing things um, for myself and also working kind of one-on-one with clients, I kind of discovered that there were a few things that we kept coming across and um, that built on each other. Because I think, you know, when you were talking about that tipping point earlier on, you know, it's really important to say, like, how do I even come into this? Where do I start? And I'm like, that's exactly it. And what's, I think what's really nice about fit style is that you literally start where you are. It doesn't matter if you are someone who, you know, hasn't worked out in forever, or you're someone like, you know, yourself, where you're saying, I actually exercise on a regular basis, but I'm sitting a lot, you know, of the day. So starting where you are with good posture is just a is going to be a place to start for everyone, right? Because again, doesn't matter. You could be sitting, standing, and it doesn't take any additional time. And once you kind of bring that in, you get a little motivation because you're like, okay, I know that this is. I don't have to change really anything. Right? I don't have some big challenge. This is not suddenly it's a 30 day challenge and I got to do, you know, 20 this and that, and I'm not sure when I'm going to do it. So I think working with individuals, working, you know, with myself, seeing what the research is on what are these fundamental things that, that we can do. And, and then I think it's just a little creativity. <laughs> I love a good acronym. <laughs> so, so how long have you been implementing these, these five elements of, of style? So me personally, I have been probably, let's see, 20, I guess it was around 2012 or so. So I, how long has that been? So at least a decade or more. (laughs) Yeah. You're pushing a decade almost. So for me, yeah, exactly. And you know, it was a, it was a development. So I was implementing some of these things, but I didn't really come up with the acronym to teach it to other people. Um, Probably that, that came about more in the last couple of years. So I've been able to work one-on-one, you know, with clients and thinking about creating fit style habits and using these um, fundamentals, working with companies as well, doing different workshops to introduce this as, you know, something that you can bring into your work culture, because when you're, this is appropriate movement. It's not like, okay, suddenly you're doing a yoga move or, (laughs) you know, a downward dog in the middle of your office (laughs) or something. Um, These are things that are helpful to us in for health, for focus, for motivation, for morale, all of these things. So I think one of the, from what I understand, one of the unique aspects of fit style in your business is that you take a very uh, unique approach. So do you, is it, 
is it all in person or is it virtual or is it a balance of the two? And mm-hmm. how has that how has that worked the last eighteen months with with COVID as well? Yeah. Um, so I, I you know I should also say that my background is working, right? I had said in private public sector, but I also am a certified group fitness instructor as well as a personal trainer. But I kind of describe myself as a fit stylist. So the the difference is that when I work with um, folks, it is thinking about kind of your schedule overall and then bringing in movement and specific exercises or stretches, things like that, that work for you and creating different kinds of um, habits. So we connect it to things that you're doing on a regular basis and bringing that in. Um, I also teach online classes. So it's a live stream um, class session. I do a indoor energy boosting walk. So I I love walking. It is my number one exercise that I think everybody, you know, should do, hopefully can do uh, all of that. And so I do everything now online. So anybody can access, you know, me, I work one-on-one with clients online. Um, Sometimes I even do little, you know, tours of their spaces (laughs) with a video so we can talk about, okay, what does your space look like? What can we use? you know, for, for movement, what does your living room, you know, look like if that's the space that, you know, you're going to do some different um, things in, because, you know, the, the one little tip that, that I love to, you know, talk about is that, you know, exercise is great. And if you have time for it to do the classes and these kinds of things, that's awesome. You also want to make sure that you have easy space to do it in. Maybe we all don't have like a huge amount of extra space, but you know, you have this coffee table that's like, I wish I could just roll it out of the way, (laughs) right? Well, that's the thing. Think about that. Add wheels to it. See if you can, you know, move some of these things to make your space uh, more able to be your gym. So when with with your practice, with your form with fit style. Were you, how long have you been virtual or did the pandemic really force you into that? Or were you already virtual before that? So I was thinking about going virtual um, and the pandemic was like, okay, do it now. Do it now. now. So um, that really pushed me um, because my workshops and things that I was doing for companies, I was doing in person. Um, So I was showing up, we were having that um, in-person experience and then pandemic hit, everything comes, came online. And, you know, I I think that it was a silver lining, maybe, you know, in in many ways, because, you know, when you are online, um, I'm able to reach that many more people. Um, because, you know, you, you, you eliminate transportation and, and all of that. And there are so many ways with technology to, you know, connect with people. And um, I definitely had a little bit of a learning curve and figuring out all of the sound and the interactions and that, but, but we got that all worked out. So uh, I do find that um, I'm able to really bring a great experience um, online to folks wherever they are. Do you think that, how is that? Well, this is a two-part question, I guess. One, the first question is, how do you think it's changed your business, number one? And number two, how do you think because of the pandemic and people not being able to go to a gym and having to do things at home, how has has that increased people's um, ability to work out more or to learn more about like fit style or, or just movement in general and exercise. Yeah. So I think that um, on the one hand, we had been talking about wellness and self-care and it was kind of like, oh, that's a nice to have. It's cute. Right? Yes. Pre, pre-pandemic, it was like, yeah, that's nice. you know. And I think through this experience, we're all discovering how it is not a nice to have, it is a need to have. And so I think that is a really important um, understanding. And now it is more widespread. Um, and so that has been good for you know the, the business that I have. And I think 
and and for everyone's self, you know, for everyone's yes. health, I think it's important that we're all now hopefully on this you know same page. And as far as you know, the my business goes, I think that it just suits the time so well. It it suited the time period beforehand as well, but I think it brings even more of a, a light to yeah. There's a bigger you know, spotlight on it. Exactly. And I think that so many of us are looking for these ways to, you know, have this ability to, you know, move, to exercise, to feel better, to put our health on that, you know, front range, um, but in a way that works for us. Because, you know, it, life keeps changing. Like at this point, everyone's like, okay, is this my schedule? I don't know. Maybe I'm hybrid. Maybe I'm this. Where are the kids? Like all, all of that is going to kind of still be there. And fit style is really a movement approach that I like to say is, you know, it, it's, the, it's like your best friend. It's there no matter what happens in your life. Whereas some, you know, there are other kinds of, fitness trends and things like that, that are more like a fair weather friend. And um, when you have kind of this baseline of movement that you know how to bring into your everyday life, it doesn't matter kind of what comes up, you'll still have these fundamentals to fall back on. One of the points I actually want to come back to, which I think is very unique that you brought this up and is one of your focal points with the, with the clients that you work with is time, schedule, and habits. Can you dive a little bit more into that? Because I don't think most exercise coaches or people (laughs) would have that as one of their main focuses. Yeah. So the way I approach um, working, particularly with uh, a client is we start by going through what your day kind of looks like. What time do you wake up? What happens in the morning? What happens kind of in the middle of the day? And then we look for those activities that are somewhat regular. So it is, let's say, you know, it might be making coffee in the morning, right? That's something you're like, okay, it turns out I do that no matter what, (laughs) right? And so then what we do is we say, okay, you're doing that no matter what, you're in the kitchen. So what what are some of the fitness goals that that you have and so i've you know one client in particular we called this her strong arm coffee so she put her hand weights by the coffee machine and so when she made the coffee in the morning i was waiting for it to percolate that's when she did her strength training right there right and so it's kind of breaking down this idea that Again, fitness has to happen in this particular space at this particular time. Instead, we're kind of stacking these things together and making it you know, work for you. I was just going to say that habit stacking. Are you familiar with James Clear work on habits, atomic yeah, habits? Exactly. Because oh, when you were explaining that, I'm just thinking like <laughs> James is already in my mind, like this is that habit stacking he's talking exactly. about where you have a habit but then you stack it on top of another one, hopefully in a, in a positive way, and you get that mm-hmm. power of compounding return. Yeah, that's right. So I use, I use some of that to kind of have those fit style um, fundamentals, those, those habits that you are um, creating. And then there's also that mindset shift of just recognizing opportunities to move, right? So when we're taking the clothes out of the laundry, right? And if you got those front loaders, I did five of those yesterday, by the way. Yeah. So you know what? You probably (laughs) did. I can't even tell you how many squats you probably did. Or if you were holding it, right, as an isometric hold, it's just sometimes thinking about it in that way, right? And that's also kind of exciting when you're like, okay, well, hmm, maybe actually you're doing more exercise than you realize, or you can at least be more cognizant of that opportunity and really using it as a time to exercise. Because if you were like, okay, when am I going to do, you know, 10, a set of 10 squats or 20 squats or whatever. And you're like, turns out if I just move the clothes from one (laughs) to the other, you've already got that set done, but you want to think about it and really have your body in those positions to use it as, as a squat. Well, I know Teresa listens to the show. At least I, I know she does. I don't know if she listens to everyone, but 
if she listens to this, I'll never, re- I'll never hear the end of it. I don't necessarily mind the laundry days, Shana, because it gets me to move. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because again, like going back to the whole sitting standing, mm-hmm. I could sit for 10, 12 hours a day, but, and I could stand here in front of my, my screen, my setup here in my office for 10, 12 hours a day as well. And, but if I don't consciously think about moving, right. it, I, yes, it's better to stand and sit. But the fact is, is I'm still not moving as much exactly. as I should It's be. the movement. And so that's where, again, you start to bring in some of these, you create other habits around that. So for example, you might think about um, you know, walking to your meeting and it doesn't matter even if it's Zoom, right? Either walk in place walk to the bathroom, you know, and back. These kinds of things. Think about, you know, we also when we're looking at the schedule, it's, you know, what types of meetings do you have? Are there any meetings that you can create as walk and talks yes. so that you don't have to be right in front of your computer? And maybe it is even, you know, checking in with a friend or something like that or if, you know, your kids call or something like that, like move yourself away from the computer and just walk to the door, right? And that's already going to break up the day. And so what you would do is you would make that the consistent thing. If you're talking to this person, you're, you know, walking to the door because it doesn't have to be a huge thing. And I'm going for a walk for 45 minutes or something like that. Um, Hopefully we, we try to build up, you know, to, to some of that. And I do think that having a step goal is really helpful as a way to see how much movement you're getting during the day. Yeah. If you, it, what, what I've learned in, in studying habits, James Clear, even working with the families I work with at, at Tama is trying to remove barriers to make trying something new or different as easy as possible. Because mm-hmm. if it's hard, yeah. if you think of it as a, oh, this is a really big step, it, people get afraid. They're freaked out. They, and it's hard to, you know, change that mindset and to to take that first step. And understanding that you don't have to jump from like A to Z. So, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes we hear, okay, so you're supposed to try to walk 10,000 steps a day. All right. So first of all, there's research that says 10,000 is like more than just beyond, like really like 7,500 is actually going to give you what you need. But for some people you're like, oh my God, like how am I even going to get there? And so it's really important that you um, allow yourself to build up to that. So instead of starting at that number of 7,500, maybe you're just like, well, first of all, how many steps am I getting on a work day? Right. And start there and then increase by maybe 500 steps or a thousand steps. So you say, okay, I'm going to be at 3000. We're going to be at 5,000. And one of the other things that I, I think is so important, and especially, you know, parents and giving yourself that flexibility, thinking about, you know, not just having one goal where it's like, okay, every day I'm walking 7,500 steps. Instead, your goal is that you have a step goal. So you give yourself some flexibility because some days you might look at the schedule and be like, there is no way I am going to hit that higher number, but you're going to want to have maybe that lower number goal. So you're like, okay, some days I'm hitting 5,000. I'm not going to go lower than that. And then otherwise my regular is going to be like 7,500. And so you give yourself that flexibility. So you don't feel like you're failing, you know, that you didn't make it. And so you just break the chain and, and stop, you know, trying. Instead, the goal is having the step count and you're allow yourself to be flexible with it. One of the things that that I find interesting in having these conversations with people like you that that are, I'll call it client facing, and especially with what you do and trying to help people to um you know, establish better habits, establish better routines. How have, have you found any magic bullets, if you will, to help people stay on course, to help keep them, I hate the word motivated, but focused, like focused on if, if they laid out, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to achieve, like how to keep them focused on it. Because obviously the more 
success people have at something, the mm-hmm. the better they're going to feel about it. The easier it's going to do, you know, the easier it's going to be to do that thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's a silver bullet, but I, I will say it is text messages. <laughs> so for me, when I any of my fit style members or the one on one clients, I actually do what I call mindful motivation text messages, and so. If we're working one-on-one together, then I create very customized text messages that keep what you're working on top of mind. And because I kind of know your schedule, they come just at the right times <laughs> to remind you. Oh, you're you sneaky good, Sheena. Keep you going. Um, but as with my FitStyle members, you're getting kind of these little messages that just pop up. And, and, and again, they're not meant to be you know, hitting you over the head or something like that. It's just there because I know, right? We have a lot of things going on, but you need those little reminders. You need to feel a little bit of that accountability. Um, but assistance to help you keep it top of mind is not something that you know you need to feel bad about, right? It's that if you're like, okay, I do need some additional help. Well, the text messages could be great, right? And then also I'll you know tell folks too, it's like put post-it notes up. Use things in your space to remind you that that's what you're going to do, right? And also having the equipment in your line of sight. So if you are planning on doing, you know, you're like, okay, yes, I'm going to use those resistance bands when I'm, you know, watching TV. Well, it's not going to be helpful if they're, you know, in your basement or under the bed or something like that, right? They need to be where you can see them. So using those kind of visual cues and uh, you know, using them on a regular basis, repetition to again create those habits and kind of lay down that neural pathway right there um, is is really helpful. Well, I find that very interesting about the text messages because it's something that I've been considering um, kind of trying out or test piloting with some of my my family office clients mm-hmm. um, because I've I've done the research where people are more responsive to a text message than they are to an email or maybe some other form of communication. Yeah. And and the ones that I do, it's like they may or may not respond, but it's just that little ping to remind you, you know, the one there's one that I've sent before that I'm like, um, you know, are you, how close is your nose to the screen? (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel the gravitational pull right now? Go ahead, fit style check in. And I will get some back being like, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to come back to a question I didn't ask at the beginning where you're you're talking about how you got started. One of kind of a similarity that we have within our different industries is that there's a lot of certifications and a lot of like letters, like after our names, like with in the financial industry, they call it like letter soup, if you will, because mm-hmm. there's CFA, there's CFP, there's CPA, there's, you know, C whatever. Yeah. Um, talk about the, the certifications that you have that you went through in becoming a certified, you know, instructor. Yeah. So um, I am certified through um, AFA and it basically means that you have, you studied for a period of time and there was an actual um, then test. So one thing I like to differentiate is licensing versus certification. So sometimes you'll hear that, you know, oftentimes with group fitness, instructor, sometimes you can be licensed to teach something. And that means, yes, you've gone through a training, but there was no test in the end. So you've gotten the information and then you kind of have paid for it and they're like, go do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, I do think that it, that's an important differentiator. And especially if you're looking at folks and who you might be working with and and those kinds of things. The certification really means that there was a period of study and there was an actual test that was passed to really see like what kind of knowledge do you have. Um, And so for me, I have it both for the um, group fitness and for personal training. Okay. Like, like I tell the families that I work with and, and talk to on a, you know, daily basis, like I'm a certified financial planner. That doesn't make me a better or worse advisor, but 
it, you should it, it should give you at least some level of comfort that you're dealing with a professional. And in right. our line with being a CFP, you know, we have to take continuing education. We have yeah. to register with either um, a state or a um, national organization like the SEC if if you, okay. if we're big enough. So there's there's a lot more to it. And like I tell people, like I you know my my livelihood is my business, and if you know it it just gives somebody that that reassurance that they're working with somebody that is certified that has to go through you know, extra steps that, you know, is registered with the state as well. Exactly. And to keep your certification, you have these ongoing continuing education, you know, credits and things like that, that you're continuing to do. Now, the, you know, what I will say is that I am more of a generalist. And when it comes to um, fitness, right, and, and your physical body, there can be very specific issues that different, you know, that different people have. And so, you know, very much you want to, you know, always, I always recommend going to see your doctor, going to see specialists and making some of those, you know, recommendations. So, you know, it's important to know, you know, for yourself, what kind of what you have going on in your body. And if you have very specific, you know, kinds of kinds of issues, then you may need to go to, you know, specialists in, in different ways or work together um, as a team. So one of the one of the other questions I wanted to come back to too is is life transitions, mm-hmm. and as I mentioned, this is this has been a big topic for this first year of the podcast. They're talking about people's life life transitions, and one of your obviously big ones was moving from your corporate role to your own business. Can you talk a lot talk to us about what that life transition was like for you, and maybe go back to that? you know, maybe it was like when those lights went out, like, okay, this is it. This is my sign. I'm, I'm, I'm moving now on this. <laughs> um, well, I, I will say that it was a little bit of a slower progression. Um, I definitely started working on fit style. Like I said, while I was working, you know, full-time and, and was testing out some different things. It was actually kind of fun because in my staff meetings and different things like that, I'd be like, hmm, let's see if this works for a larger, <laughs> you know, group. Um, but ultimately for me, it was seeing that to make this a viable business, I needed to take a hundred percent of my attention um, give a hundred percent of my attention to it. And so, um, when I did make the transition, it was about I'm trying to think now, it was probably like a couple, it was probably like two, two or three years before, um, the pandemic. <laughs> so, um, I had sort of started to get sea legs a little bit, but, um, I will say that, it, the biggest challenge for me was going from being part of a uh, larger organization and c- having that community that was right there to working by yourself. Yes. Even though you know I have you know contractors or different things that you know I work with different folks, um, it's not it's not quite the same. And and I think that the pandemic really. Um, brought that out because I am very much a people person and I, <laughs> I had I noticed liked, <laughs> I like to be around people. Um, so, so it was, a, it was hard actually. I will say that it was definitely challenging. And I think that being for me, even fit style was a really helpful thing because of being able to teach the classes online, like these walking classes where it's, you are in your space, you just need a four by four amount of space and, and we're right there and we're able to see each other and, and interact. So, um, yeah. So, and I really, I really like you sharing your story like that because for, you know, some of my clients that are listening, I've had this conversation with them about, Hey, if you have this interest, why not start it as a side? You know, you don't need to just give up your yeah. corporate career that you've worked your entire life for, and yeah. and and a lot of that leads into transitioning from you know your working career to potentially retirement. I I call this hybrid retirement planning that I that I work on for families because 
to think of of going and just hitting a, a switch and saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm working full time and then I'm going straight into retirement. That scares the bejesus out of me because oh, again, yeah. it gets back to movement where exactly. you read a lot of stories about somebody that you know worked for 40 years or whatever and then retired, doesn't do anything, and but then they're schedule. dead within a year. Yeah. It, it movement is essential. <laughs> and and that kind of transition, I think, is really um key as well, because, you know, all of these transitions in life, it's like, you don't really know what's on the other side. And when you are working, you know, on your own, or even moving into retirement, it's, it's kind of saying, how can I dip my toe in a little bit and see, because the, you know, a scary thing about going into business, you know, on your own, and this is something that you created is that you really want to make sure that, you want it to be a business and not just a hobby. Right. Right. Because sometimes it becoming how you make your money and all the other logistics can suck the fun out of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it can. <laughs> and, and that's where you go, kind of go back to like when people like, well, follow your passion. And I'm, I'm, uh, I, I thought Steve Jobs was a brilliant guy, but that was like one of the, the, the things that I, adamantly disagree with that, that he was that somehow that got associated with him right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But just because you have a passion for something doesn't mean that a, you're going to be able to make money at it. Right. Two, that you're going to be good at it. So you want to find something that, that you, you do enjoy that doesn't necessarily feel like work, but it is something that you can do professionally. That's not a hobby. Um, And so you know, hopefully people and especially some of my clients that I know will be listening to this, will will take this to heart. And maybe I just need to go and, you know, turn the lights off on them and that'll be their (laughs) aha moment. Um, But I I definitely appreciate you sharing that that piece of your story because um, I think it can really resonate with people again, because the thought thought of just changing, making a big change like that is too big. It can be mm-hmm. too overwhelming. And I think that's one of the reasons why people don't take those first initial steps because they're afraid because it's too big. But if you can break it down into you mm-hmm. know smaller chunks, baby steps, literally. And, and that's for everything, right? That's yeah. for the financial area. That's for the fitness area where you're not going from this, you know, where you are right now to this person who's like hiking for hours and, and all of these things, whatever you have in your head, it's, it's going to be steps. And it turns out that actually research shows that you actually feel more success when you take these smaller steps rather than just trying to like, you know, look to that far final goal, which you may or may just feel um, too challenging that you never get there. So as we kind of begin to wrap up our conversation, how, how did people work with you, Shana? Like specifically, like where do they go? Like what, what specifics do you offer for, I know you work with individuals and companies as well. Mm -hmm. So with individuals, I have a six week one-on-one program and um, you can get all the information on fitstylebyshana.com. Um, but the one-on-one program, that's where you get those very personalized text messages. We work through your schedule. We create some real fit style habits for you. We're meeting um, online at least 20, 30 minutes once a week to really kind of hone those things um, for you. Then there's also a fit style membership. So this allows people to um, get those mindful motivation text messages that come every few few days and you still get direct access to me. So with those messages, you can ask questions, you can ask for some more support, um, but you're also getting access to both live stream and on-demand classes. And I really focus on classes that meet you where you are and um, look at strength, cardio, and stretch, because that is a huge thing that people just try to gloss right over. Um, and I think being able to come in at any time, this just gives you that, you know, flexibility. Um, and also the fit style fundamental. So you're getting these videos to give you kind of that core and that base to understand 
how do you bring this into your everyday life? And then with companies, I do different workshops to share these approaches, whether that's meeting movements, right? Because how many of us have had the, you know, Zoom marathon, you know, call? So what, what kinds of things can you do that are appropriate um, for, for that keep you moving? Also the Fit Style Fundamentals. So all of that you can find, you know, on my website, like I said, fitstylebyshana.com. And yeah, love to work with the individuals and, and companies to help create that culture of movement. We'll definitely put those links in, in our, in our show notes um, when, when the show um, goes out. So um, my closing question for all my guests is typically what's the best thing about being a parent, but I don't believe that you have kids. No, I, I don't have kids, but I do have a best friend who has a son and I have basically, he's, he's my nephew. So I love him dearly. And so I will say that the best thing about being an aunt in that way is, um, is getting to play and remembering how to do it as an adult, because every time I see him, that is exactly what he wants to do is let's play. Are we going to play baseball? Are we going to play this game? Are we going to play this? And being able to tap into that, you know, is just invaluable. Um, and, and having that good time feeling like a kid and, and getting to play, I think, um, just always puts a smile on my face and we have just a really good time. I will also say that, you know, by the time we're not having a good time, that's when I get to go home. (laughs) (laughs) That I love asking that question, whether you're a parent or an aunt, because everybody's answer up to this point has been very unique and and yours is, is a really great reminder selfishly for me, Shana, is that I need to remember to be playful and to be able to play with my kids because, you know, my triplets are 11, my, my plus one is nine and pretty soon they won't want to play with dad anymore. No, exactly. So we take advantage of that time when it's like they want to be around and, and remembering that, you know, that, that playful spirit that we want to carry into adulthood as well. Well, that's awesome. This has been a, a terrific conversation, Shana. I can't thank you enough for being on the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast. And uh, I'll look forward to many more conversations to come. All right. Me too. Well, have a fit stylish day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Emotional Balance Sheet podcast. Please visit TamaCapital.com to subscribe to this podcast or to connect with certified financial planner and registered investment advisor, Paul Fenner of Tama Capital. And please join us again next time on the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. Mm-hmm.